Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast. We are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I'm excited, as always, to have with me my co-host, Amber Brown. Amber, how are you? I'm doing well. The snow has finally melted here in Minnesota. The sun is shining. We finally have spring. And with spring comes kind of a question. Curtis, how did you meet your wife? I haven't even, I've never heard this story. All right. Well, there's the Cliff Notes version and then there's the longer one. So we're going to stick with the abridged version. Uh, So I actually met, met her in college. We were both going in San Diego at a community college And she walked into the library where I was studying. And I looked up and I said, that is somebody that I want to get to know. And so later on, she came back in and we struck up a conversation about how we both hated cell phones. And (laughs) for some reason, it, it kind of all just went off from there. And it was so funny because... I wasn't necessarily on the lookout to be, you know, with anybody, but it it was just, it was a great experience to get to know her. And as we got to know each other, we just realized something was different. Something was unique about being with each other because we both felt like we were putting the same into our relationship and neither one of us had ever been in a relationship like that. It had always been, oh, I'm doing more than that person is, or oh, they aren't giving as much as I am or I need to give more because they're giving more. And so it was just, we felt like we were giving each other the same amount of trust and love and respect. And that's when we knew it was special and different. Interesting. And I bet all of our listeners are probably wondering why I asked you about your wife, but we've got a pretty special duo that we've interviewed that you all are going to listen to today. That's right. We are going to be talking to Tom Tibben and Keith Adamson. And both of these individuals, they are the co-founders of Fit for Work. And they started this amazing journey. And I just thought it'd be great to interview them and get how their foundation was started and how they are able to make this company from what it was to 20 years and later and for the foreseeable future where it's kind of their vision is. And it's so great to gain their insights. Yeah. And something for our listeners to kind of catch a trend on. Our first two episodes were with John Groves and Kyle Malam, our CEO and COO of Fit for Work. Both of them mentioned trust and gaining trust of our clients and our own employees, Fit for Work employees. And so Keith and Tom both touch on trust again in this first episode with them. So be sure to, to keep a lookout for that. Definitely. So here's our interview with Keith and Tom. Well, I'm so excited today because with today's guest of Tom Tobin and Keith Adamson, we are going to be talking to the co-founders of Fit for Work. Keith and Tom, how are both of you? I'm doing, doing wonderful. Great. Doing wonderful. Excited to start. Fantastic. <laughs> and, Perfect. And I also have with me Amber, and we're just going to have a lot of fun. So the first and most important question, and I'm going to address this specifically to Keith, and I would like your honest opinion, and Tom, feel free to interrupt him on this answer. But I think the burning question we all want to know is, who would win in an arm wrestling competition? <laughs> <laughs> Keith. Uh, I would win. Wow. I would win. Hands down. I would have some creative way to do it, and Keith would have five different ways to accomplish the task. (laughs) A unanimous decision. I like it. Well, that's all we wanted to know. Thanks for joining us. um, 
Awesome. Well, that was easy. I, I love the the camaraderie that you guys have. That's fantastic. You both seem to work very well together, which has served you well. And so I want to start back at kind of the beginning. So people who are listening to this podcast can get an appreciation for how Fit for Work got off the ground. And I'm not even sure. So I'm going to ask Tom, who's, whose idea was this to start a company that is completely 100% focused on injury prevention. You know, there's the, uh, there's kind of the functional or technical answer to that. And then there's the real answer. And the real answer is, is that Keith and I both independently had been praying about how we could impact an organization and to prevent employees from becoming patients. We both worked in outpatient rehab centers, outpatient care, work hardening, work conditioning, industrial services. And so really the genesis of the idea came from each of us working individually um, and feeling in our heart that there was a better way of doing it, that people belonged at work. They didn't belong in a clinic somewhere. And so I'll let Keith answer for him, but I was working in a a large rehab outfit, a large rehab organization, and uh, they had about 20 outpatient centers throughout Texas. And I was working with a lot of different companies and uh, wanting to see their injured workers and got to the point where I started saying, you know, I'd really like to work with injury prevention. And we had a lot of really good success with one or two companies in particular. And then I met Keith through him doing contract work at one of our clinics. So that was really the beginning of the thought that there was a better way of doing it. And it was focused on preventing employees from becoming patients. And, you know, to this day, that's still our mantra. But really, that was the beginning of it. Yeah, and I, I would agree, you know, we were in a place in our careers, I know for me, I was doing some consulting. I had left a really well-paying job, but I just felt in my heart that I wasn't really helping employees get better because I would see them in a clinic long after the injury and try to teach them all these things about, you know, how to take care of themselves. And then they would look me in the eye and say, you know, Keith, why aren't you doing this at my company? And it was very uh, convicting. So uh, I went on this journey, you know, professionally and personally, to go out on a limb and uh, begin to to contract with companies, you know, before I met Tom. And then once we met, it was kind of like the eureka moment. You know, the light went on, and uh, the stars aligned, and God blessed the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to be very disruptive. And I think you know the mantra of Changing the way that healthcare was being delivered in the industrial environment just really caught fire for both of us. We didn't really know exactly what we were doing, you know, to get there, but we knew the overall goal was to to really be disruptive. Just to add to that, Keith's point about being disruptive, like for me personally, one of the professors that I had in OT school, you know, talked to us about and encouraged us to be change agents. And you know, it was just one of those things that you don't understand until you're in the middle of it. And you realize this is, we're really truly changing the way that healthcare is being provided. And for me, that aha moment, like Keith was sitting with a patient one day and I was seeing him in the clinic. And to make a very long story short, as uh, many of you know, that's impossible for me, but <laughs> I had had been diagnosed with um, stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and had just had my first chemo session on a Friday and on Monday this gentleman, very big construction worker was sitting there and I still had the chemo coursing through me, could hardly see him. And 
I was trying to get him through the evaluation and he just didn't seem like we were connecting on it. And I finally said, you know, it just doesn't seem like you're really involved with this. And he leaned toward me and said, look, all I want to do is provide for my family. And you're standing in the middle of me providing for my family. So the sooner I can get out of here, the sooner I can get back to work and provide for my family. And it just really struck me. And I leaned towards him and I said, what you don't know is that Friday I had my first round of chemotherapy. And all I want to do is see my daughter grow up. And at the time, my daughter was six months old. My wife and I had been married for three and a half years. But I'll never forget that person's face. I'll never forget that experience. And I said, all I want to do is watch her grow up, but I'm here. So I'm committed to helping you get back to work as soon as you can so you can provide for your family. And after that, they would he and his wife would come by. They would pray with me. They would bring me sweets to fatten me up after the chemo had made me lose weight. But I mean, that was that was a pivotal moment in in God making that nudge towards that later conversation that I would have with Keith. And so I I appreciate what Keith said about that, you know, patients looking at him and, and saying you should do this at work because that for me was was it. That is a pretty significant aha moment. That is cool. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Keith, you did mention um, something about going out and kind of soliciting your own your own clients there. What was the first site that you kind of started this this new idea at and how did you get them on board with the the prevention side of things? Well, the first site that I worked with was Frito-Lay in San Antonio. And I didn't have the sophisticated marketing strategies that John Groves has. I just went cold calling. And so I I developed a brochure and a a list of benefits, a list of services that I felt like that I could bring to a company. And so one of the first companies I called on was Frito-Lay. And uh, to give credit where credit is due, Joe Kutosh at the time was a safety manager at Frito-Lay. And uh, he took a chance on me. He took a flyer on me. And, and I think he really liked what he was hearing because Frito-Lay at that time was looking for an innovative program. And uh, so Joe, after I uh, met with Joe and did a tour, he called me back later and said, hey, I think we want to do this. So you know, it wasn't real fancy. It wasn't real slick and polished. It was just me. And just just being real and letting Joe know what I could provide for Frito-Lay and their employees. Now, and I got to ask, do you still have that flyer by chance? Because I think a lot of us will be real intrigued to see what that says. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I actually do. I ran across it as I was going through my desk uh, not too long ago. And I think I even showed John and Kyle. Can you email me a copy of that? Because I would love, I think it'd be great to put that up so people get an idea of what. Sure. And just a quick rundown. What were some of those initial services, kind of the foundational? Because, I mean, now we have these four drawers of service, you know, ergonomic observations, early soreness, and early intervention. So what were some of those original things that you were, that you felt that you could offer that they took a chance on? Well, the focus was on decreasing work-related injuries and the associated costs in employee education, really strong emphasis on ergonomics. And so as you look at the bullet points, and what was interesting is that the, the flyer, it was called Fit for Work. And you know, when Tom and I went into business, we weren't originally known as Fit for Work. We were Adams and Tobin and Associates, which is more like a 
a law firm, I think, for, for certain people. <laughs> it, does, it does sound like it, yep. <laughs> or a dentist office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And later we changed to Fit for Work, but it was kind of a it was foreshadowing, I guess, if you look at uh, what I put together. But uh, yeah, I can get you a copy of that. And so, Tom, what did, when you were a part of this, how did you guys do it? Was it you and him switching off, or how did you guys interact with that site in the beginning? Well, actually, I was doing my own thing from a, the a clinic basis. So I was working with what at that time was called Diamond Shamrock. Now it's Valero. But I was working with them. And my primary focus was doing preventative new employee training programs, teaching them ergonomics, stretch and flex programs, and then working with them at their basically at the gas stations and things like that. So I was doing that with with Valero. And then had started doing a little bit of work with HEB Bakery. So Keith and I didn't switch off. He brought Frito-Lay to our relationship. And I brought Valero and a little bit of HEB. I know we're near what we're doing today. But at that time, as I was working in clinic, I was all excited about the fact that we were preventing injuries. So we were seeing fewer and fewer injured employees coming from Valero. And it all boiled down to a day that my administrator basically came to me and said, hey, who'd you make mad at at Diamond Shamrock? Because the doctor you know, that owned the practice had said that we weren't seeing very many patients. And I said, no. I was, and I was all excited. And I was like, yeah, we're preventing injuries. And we're doing four back schools a week and you know, all these great things on injury prevention. And literally the very next day, he came to me and said, yeah, we're going to have to cut back on what we're doing for Valero. And it just, it struck me. I thought, well, no wonder, because we don't have a clinic full of injured Valero workers. And so it's not a direct answer to your question because Keith and I were doing different things, but that was the beginning of the conversation about, well, how do I do this? And to Keith's credit, Keith had already ventured out and taken that initial risk and was doing it with Frito-Lay. I was still doing it kind of within the, if you will, the safety of working for an outpatient clinic. But that's when he and I sat down and started talking. And I'd actually met Keith through uh, both him working as a contract therapist at the clinic that I was director of OT for, and also through his wife, Olivia, who's also an OT. And she said, you know, my husband's doing what you're doing, but he's doing it in private practice. So that's when Keith and I met, sat down, spent six months talking about it, praying about it, and then realized, you know, we could do this together. And uh, so that's when we brought things together. And from that point forward, it was more about managing our individual client base until we grew enough to where we needed to be able to begin to add on people. Wow, that's powerful. And just the fact that you're both doing it independent in that way, but was still the same mission. I mean, that's just incredible and shows the the immense power and the change that has been needed in the healthcare system. The fact that two of you individually came to that same conclusion to start making a difference because that current healthcare system model is just, it's not working and it's, it's no. affecting people's lives. And, and that's what I just, I love about those stories. So Keith, what was some of your initial concerns or kind of biggest apprehensions about starting this whole process? Well, of course, concern would be just to be able to provide, you know, for my family, uh, financially. And, uh, you know, to, to again, take a leap of faith to, to step out in faith. And to say, hey, we're we're going to go all in and put all of our chips on the table, and uh, it was quite stressful. You know, we both had very supportive wives. We both had young children at the time, and I remember 
either reading or someone telling me, you know, Keith, the, the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, okay. Wow. <laughs> huh. That's not depressing. <laughs> because, you know, at the time, I think even today, you know, partnerships are maybe kind of frowned upon because a lot of partnerships do fail for a lot of reasons. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a marriage, you know, marriages fail because of, of various reasons and so do partnerships. So I think the concern early on was just to make sure that we were able to provide for our families, you know, financially. And uh, so the first couple of years were, were pretty lean. I think Tom had said that, you know, we probably could have made more money digging ditches, <laughs> but uh, we, we just hung in there. So, Tom, then, you know, Keith mentioned it a little bit. A lot of startups fail. A lot of partnerships fail. What about this business model that you guys formed has kept it together for over 20 years now? This is not going to be cliche. It's from our heart. And that is because when we started Fit for Work, it was something that God put on both of our hearts. And it is the core of where we began. And it has been the thread that held us together. Because, to, you know, we laugh about those lean years today, but it's not, it was not an easy time. You know, we went from doing really well as therapists in our individual environment. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say this, but at that time, the first year that we were in practice, we made $1,000 a month a piece, gross, before taxes, before tithe, before everything else. The second year, we got a huge raise. And we made $2,000 a month. (laughs) (laughs) And the third year, we made $3,000 a month. And so you figure by the third year, we're still making half of what we were making as if we had just worked in clinics as a director somewhere at that time. And so it was a difficult and challenging time. But I think just to answer your question, it was knowing how we started. It was knowing that both of us had a shared faith and belief and drive for accomplishing what we were doing. We both had families that were extremely supportive. While our wives may have jokingly said, are you sure this is what God told you to do? We just, we were passionate about um, keeping people out of the healthcare system. And quite frankly, in the midst of, and this isn't to praise us, but it was in the midst of uh, an environment that was very hostile to any type of change and hostile to our approach because it absolutely cut at the heart of, you know, your work hardening programs where you're making thousands of dollars from a patient being in a work hardening program. And I'm not knocking the idea, but the fact that people were doing simulated work activities when they could have been at work doing their work activities in a supervised environment or supervised by somebody that knew what they were doing. You know, those are types of things that today seem you know, okay, that makes sense, you know, athletic model, et cetera. But 20 years ago, it was very different. And again, what Keith said about partnerships is, you know, we just, we just grew to love each other, just knowing that we were there during that very, very difficult time. And it made hiring that first person that much more difficult knowing, wow, man, our family's about to get broken up. But the other side of that was it's about to be added to. So it was just, it was a difficult time. We look back and we laugh, but at the same time, it was such a blessing. I wanted to take a quick break from our interview with Keith and Tom to ask you to think about a simple question. How do you show that you care about your employees? 
One of the most rewarding ways is to show them that you care about their health. And partnering with Fit for Work is the most effective way to do that. As trained professionals in musculoskeletal issues, we will reduce your company's sprains and strains through our proven steps of on-site early intervention, industrial ergonomics, employee testing, and safety compliance. So go to our website, www.wellworkforce.com, and click on the Connect With Us button to learn more. Back to the interview. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, initial moments of... Where there wasn't much laughing going on at the beginning. I, I know my my yeah. father actually he does some medical research and he had done his own business for about five or six years and it was interesting to very related to what you both experienced where him and his partner they were both you know of the same faith had that solid foundation. It's it seems like if a business if you go into a business at least both on the same page about something other than your business, you got a shot. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but exactly. if your business is the only thing holding you together, I can see why that ship doesn't sail very often. Well, exactly. And if I could add, please, if I could add, I mean, the two core components that I think of that are, I think, true today of our business, fit for work, is being accountable to one another. So, you know, Tom and I had to be accountable when we, decided to not work from home, but establish an office environment where we could both be at and go to and, and separate ourselves, you know, from family and really just dive into it. You know, we had to do that each and every day. So we had to be accountable to one another. And then we had to trust one another and trust to the point of, as we began to assign responsibilities and, and Tom took on more of the kind of the accounting role, the billing role, those kinds of things. I, and I was more of the program development person. You know, we had to trust one another. And I, I think that's true today in very successful companies like Fit for Work is having that accountability and that trust. And that's amazing too, that you were able to have that trust with each other. And so how did you guys know early on? So you're, because at the beginning, you both wanted to do the same same accomplishment of let's help prevent people from becoming patients. So Tom, how did you know that you would start leaning towards what some might view as the more mundane routine things of, of taking care of the books and payroll and all those things and having Keith do program development? Was that a very early on thing or how did you know that's where you two should kind of diverge your talents? I think it just happened naturally. It kind of grew out of, first of all, just out of a need. Someone's got to write checks. Someone has to have a bank account. And we have to set that up. So some of it just came out of a natural progression. Also, I had, after OT school, got my MBA. So it had, it was just kind of natural for me to do that. You know, Keith can talk about his master's like, you know, when he'd like, but you know, mine was a master's in business. So it just was a natural transition. And at the beginning we did everything. So, you know, I was on site and I was providing services and I was doing the accounting and finance of those types of things, billing, invoicing, and paying bills. And Keith was working on site and he was doing business development, program development, and so forth. So the direct answer is it came from a natural progression of where we felt like we could add quality and, and value the best to the organization. And then it wasn't until years and years later that they became more concrete where uh, especially after we began to add staff and we we finally recognized someone needs to be kind of managing the business 
And that's where I took on less of an on-site role and more of a business role. And Keith remained on-site, both providing services and training um, new staff. So it was just the way that the business evolved and it came from those natural talents. And then I think, you know, as Keith said, came from a trust that, hey, Tom's going to take care of the bills and everything. And I knew, hey, Keith's going to take care of uh, business development. And we never questioned each other in terms of, I mean, we collaborated, but there was never a question that one of us was, you know, not going to be doing what was best for the entire organization. So, and that's just amazing that you both had that mindset with each other too. And I think it goes back to that foundational of trust that you had had set up at in the beginning and that natural progression. And that's one of the things I think is so unique and special about Fit for Work is I've always felt like they've allowed you, and even today, whatever talents you have, you can have that opportunity to grow them. And it's not just let's put you in this pigeonhole and force you into a position, but what can your, your talents provide to other people? And so what were some of the initial challenges or, or pushbacks from those initial employers of Frito-Lay? Was there anybody that you found it, that was kind of struggling against it? I mean, you had the safety manager on board, but what about you know employees or other personnel? Or was everybody that you guys interacted with at those first sites just, yeah, come on in. This is, we'd love to. And or like, what was the pushback? We'll start with Keith. That was a great question. I think anytime you bring any program into a company, you know, there's always going to be a lot of eyes on you. Uh, what's this about? You know, how's this going to help me? And so, you know, we had a big cheerleader and the safety manager and had a lot of support from leadership at Frito-Lay, but I wasn't working with them necessarily day to day. It was with the, with the production people, with the, the packaging people, the loaders, the drivers. And so one of the things that we did early on, which I felt like made a Im- big impact is I needed to be visible. And I needed to build trust with the employee base. And so one of the things that Joe had me do is he said, okay, Keith, you're going you're gonna to take that nice jacket off. You're going to roll up your sleeves and you're going to pack. You're going to pack chips. And back, that, back in the day, it was on a rotary table. And it was kind of like the old Lucy, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. where she's trying to keep up with the, you know, keep up with awesome. the cookies oh, or the... <laughs> So I was trying to keep up with the, the chips and I was failing miserably. How humbling was that? It was very humbling because it, it gave me a greater appreciation about the work that we're doing, how hard, how difficult it was. But then I think it also gave the employees an appreciation for, hey, I, I was trying to relate. I was trying to, you know, if you want to call it, be empathetic and, and just understand what they were going through. And then from that day forward, I think it really began to build uh, relationships because they, they knew I was willing to get in there and get dirty and not have all the answers. You know, one of the key things that uh, has always been a, just a founding principle for me is just to listen and, you know, to be empathetic and to listen and to really understand or attempt to understand, you know, what's going on and why people getting hurt? Why are people hurting? Why are they frustrated? And all these things that compound into pretty significant injuries. And so just to be able to spend quality time on the shop floor, on the, you know, on the packaging room floor was vital. And that's why we tell our folks today is that you've got to be in the field, on the floor, 
you've got to really be interacting with people to better understand what the concerns are, what the hazards are, what the risks are. Exactly. One of my first times on site at a sandwich making client that we have, Kyle, our area manager up here, had me go out on the line and it's called the boating station. So it's where you, the sandwiches come through the cutter and you fold them and you have to quick stick them in their little boats as they go down the line. And I completely understand that Lucy moment because holy cow, there are a lot of sandwiches flying right by me. And you can't stuff them in your mouth. No, no. no. (laughs) And how about for you, Tom? What what was the kind of the the pushback with you or any pushback or what what did you have? How were you received and what were some of those initial challenges at those early sites? I think from an individual reception standpoint, first of all, from a company standpoint, keep in mind, this is 20 years ago. So there wasn't a lot of prevention going on. And so first it was overcoming the disbelief from a potential client as you're sitting there with their director of operations or their VP or, or whoever's going to make that decision and them looking at you saying, so you, you mean to tell me that you're going to come in and you're going to reduce our workers' compensation costs and I'm going to pay you on an hourly basis to do that when that's why I've got insurance. So it was translating our value to a client in a way that was tangible for them. So essentially, we're going to reduce your workers' compensation costs, reduce your recordable injuries. And it was all brand new. So, you know, you, the song, I was country before country was, or when country wasn't cool, you know, we were prevention when prevention wasn't cool. And I think there's a couple of key moments, you know, one was uh, like Keith, when I worked one of our first clients um, as a Republic National Distributing, and they're a large wine and spirits distributor. And so I walked in and I was working a Wednesday night from about nine at night till about three in the morning non-traditional environment, right? For a therapist. And I walked in and I'm working in this warehouse and these guys are literally throwing cases. It looked like a fire brigade. They would have about six people and there was one guy sitting up on a podium calling out whatever case of liquor or whatever needed to be pulled. Someone would pull it and there'd be a string of six or seven people that they'd throw it along and then put it on the one conveyor that they had. Well, who said the 90s aren't high tech? <laughs> I mean, the tech. I'm telling you. That's us old school right there. I mean, there's no additional benefits of ergonomics or any idea of it. It's just that's back to caveman mentality of just throwing cases. That was just, you're going to move those cases and you've got thousands of cases to move tonight. And so it did a couple of things. One is I worked with them for probably a month and a half to two months and never talk to a person about prevention other than, you know, beginning to, to talk about body mechanics. So you're building trust. And for me, whether it was them, it was Frito-Lay or it was a jet engine place, or, you know, one of our first locations was actually working on a kill floor for, you know, a meat processing plant. I don't walk into a store now, not just our clients, but generally speaking, I don't walk into a store that I don't have a sincere appreciation for what it took to get whatever product it is that I'm buying to that that place. And I think about the people that were involved in producing it and putting it there so I could conveniently walk up and complain that it wasn't on sale and buy it or buy three of them. 
And honestly, that is, so to answer your question, the, the challenges up front were belief. You know, companies didn't believe that healthcare providers were there to prevent injuries. In fact, one of my clients said, how do I know you're not like every other therapist that has come in and said that they can do things to reduce my workers' comp, and then a year later, I have the same, you know, cost. It's just, you want to be the shark that's eating, you know, my, my minnows. <laughs> it's, you know, not different. And so that was one of the common things that we had to face at the beginning. And then with employees, it was just building trust to help them understand that we truly don't want you anywhere but at home and at work. We don't want you in our clinic. And for Keith and I, there was no clinic behind us. There was, you know, if things didn't work out, it wasn't like we had this clinic where we're generating revenue. We were all in on prevention. That is such a such a great story. Thank you both for for those insights on that because that that gives me a, a huge appreciation for I think that anybody at Fit for Work can can benefit from whether you're a provider or the site safety individual. It's that as long as we are out and about, just that alone changes people's perspective. I mean, and just to know that there's somebody there that has had training in musculoskeletal issues. And they're actually at your workplace. I mean, uh, it totally blows employees away. I know when I talk to them and that if there's ever a feeling of stagnation, just going on the floor and being around the people will, will change it. Well, I hope you all were as inspired as I was by this first interview with Keith and Tom and heard the trust between them, not only when they're talking about gaining trust from other people, but you can just even feel that trust between them. There was another quote that they said, as far as partnerships are the only ships that don't sail. I really like that. What do you think, Curtis? Uh, I just hope this partnership continues. (laughs) Hell yeah, me too. (laughs) I I gotta say, I'm glad that they have inspired me to know that that is not a true quote. That is something that may apply to relationships that aren't built on trust. And because they have that trust, that's when those type of ships do sail and they can succeed and flourish even. And and that's really what I'm excited about and really appreciated their time and insights. And it's one of the things that we wanted to make sure that you as the listener know is we have another episode coming out from them on the 15th of May that we'll be going into. And it's another episode where we talk about as they grow their family and how Fit for Work blossomed more into what it is and get kind of get their inspirational thoughts on where they would like to see it and some just different tidbits that they have for us. And both, it's such an inspirational listen and I'm so excited for you as a listener to hear it. I am so excited as well. I'm like smiling ear to ear already. So can't wait for that episode to come out for you guys. I hope you like this first one with with Tom and Keith. And if you have, please subscribe to our podcast. Like us, subscribe to us, leave us any comments or questions or anything. And, and thanks a lot for listening. Definitely. So we, like Amber said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention of Fit for Work podcast. And remember, we are bringing the power of prevention to you. So please visit our website at wellworkforce.com or you can email us podcast at wellworkforce.com with any questions or comments. We'd love to listen to them. And remember, prevention improves lives. Prevention improves lives.